Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Nathaniel Swan. There's been a wonderful moving of the spirit here this this week, and I just know it's going to continue. The anointing here was wonderful. The songs of dedication were tremendous, and uh, God wants us to to sing those songs, and He's there by His Holy Spirit to um, not only receive our praises, but to make that dedication that we uh, sing with our mouths and and that we have in our heart to make it real in our lives. Uh, I want to give you, uh, I'm not going to be too long, I'm gonna, I want to give you a, just an illustration here. I, I have a pair of glasses here and uh, for, for some reason I'm not comfortable with glasses and I take them off a lot and uh, I find a law that uh, when I take off my glasses, uh, my eyesight's so poor I'm unable to see where my glasses are. <laughs> and uh, so I end up uh, a lot of times crushing the uh, very thing that's, that's uh, provided somebody in the far years past invented these. And uh, I crush the very things that I need and that are there to, to be a... Uh, a help to me. My, my my wife says, "Well, you know, for for all the dollars you spent on dollar store glasses and and time you've spent changing arms and lenses and that, you could have bought a pair or maybe even two or three pair that you could wear all the time." <laughs> now that may sound a little silly, but. Uh, in Peter, Second uh, Peter 1 and 10, it, it says something. Peter here is, is talking about uh, what we've been given through Jesus Christ. He starts out in chapter 1 of talking about the, the divine power and, and uh, everything that pertains into life and godliness that we have been given and that uh, we should look and give diligence to make our calling and election sure. And uh, the, the nature of a calling, and especially when we look at the calling and has been shared to us uh, this week, especially the calling that we have uh, to be one with God and one with Christ, And as we look at the scriptures and see what the calling of God is, the nature of of the calling of God is, and our calling as sons is this, is that if we any time begin to look at our calling or to enshrine our calling, uh, we've ceased to walk in our calling. Uh, A calling is something that needs to be answered. God, God has called us that we might answer the calling that he's given to us, that he gave to Christ, we have the same calling. If at any time we enshrine our calling, uh, you know, most of the shrines or many of the shrines in the earth are full of dead man's bones. God hasn't called us to enshrine 
our calling, but to live our calling, to answer our call, and to walk in our calling. And Jesus Christ himself, um, when he took and accepted the call of God, he didn't pay any attention uh, to uh, what the office or the purpose uh, of his nature was, but he, he focused on the calling of God. I come to do thy will, O God. That was his only focus. And if you turn here to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 5, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have, been got, I have begotten thee. Uh, he wasn't concerned with anything other than to fulfill his calling, to walk in his calling. It repeats that in Philippians chapter 2 when, when uh, it says that Jesus Christ did not consider equality to be with God to be sought after. It says specifically in the King James, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In another translation it says he did not think equality to, with God was the thing to be grasped after. But he just went about his calling. And he made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And it's been ministered before to us that our calling is a calling of servanthood. It's a call of serving. At any time, if we begin to look or to... to uh, pat ourselves on the back or... or in other, in other, in any other way, uh, seek some recognition for our servanthood, we cease to become servants of God. And this was what Christ did. He wasn't concerned with recognition. As, as our uh, brother was teaching us, it says that he, his, his idea was not to speak his own words, his idea was not to do his own, uh, uh works, but to, to commune with the Father. And that's what he did. He communed with his father. Even as a high priest, he uh, he did not seek the holiest or the holiest of all, but he knelt with his knees on the earth and beseeched heaven for you and for me. He did not seek a place in the temple, but from the very earth called unto God. It says here in Hebrews 5, speaking about Jesus Christ, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices to sins, for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant, on them that are out of the way, for that he himself is compassed about with infirmity, and by reason thereof, he might as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. At any time begin to look on our position as high priests and our calling is high priests. The failing of Israel was they were called as kings and priests unto God. And they enshrined their calling. And, and 
didn't obey the calling that God had given them to be kings and priests uh, for all of the earth. For the purpose of God was to reconcile all things unto himself. And so he moved by his spirit and brought forth, as according to his plan, a nation not after the natural but after the promise that they might be kings and priests unto him, as he says in Revelation, that they might offer. And that's unto us, that we might offer to them that are ignorant and out of the way gifts and sacrifices for sin. Our calling, as is laid out, is the calling of Christ. There is only one measure and one standard for how we walk, and that's the Spirit of Christ. And if God, as he said in his word, loved the whole world and sent his Son, then it is our our purpose and our job and our requirement to reach out to the whole world and to love them and express to them the love of God and his desire that every man should be saved and that everyone should turn to the Spirit of God and repent from their sins. And God has caused us to receive uh, His very Spirit, that we might walk in His Spirit, that we might not uh, somehow uh, look on who we are or look on our calling, which would in fact cut off the flow of compassion of God, but to just release ourselves to the flow of the anointing and have our calling established by the anointing of God. That's why Jesus, when he was instructing the apostles as the new church, uh, he said unto them, you shall not, uh, as the Gentiles do, bow yourselves to one another and you shall not recognize one another but you shall uh, serve one another that he who's greatest among you shall be servant of all even as I came not to be ministered to but to minister and give my life as a ransom for many our calling is to lay down our lives Christ laid down his life uh, in reality, literally, and we've ca- we have been called to crucify self, to walk uh, to the cross, to be crucified, uh, that the very Christ, the very Spirit of Christ, the very Spirit of life uh, might come out in, in, in every part of our life. And we cannot uh, at any time uh, look upon uh, that which we've been called and our calling, but rather look on the one who is called and have our eyes fixed on the Christ and have our eyes fixed so that we can be shepherds that give our lives for the sheep. And as we do that, I, I believe we're in that day, even right now. Uh, you know, you still look through the earth and you see all kinds of people who know and teach And God doesn't want us at this point to be knowing and teaching, but to be being 
Uh, he wants us to go from knowing to being. He wants the Spirit of the God to cause us uh, uh, not to to uh, uh, know His Word, not to to know these epistles, but to be living epistles. He's uh, not calling us just to know love, but to be love. Uh, so that somehow we might, uh, this na- natural self might be melted and, and flow together with the Spirit of God and become one with Christ and one with God. I've been so conscious uh, in, me, in my own life that uh, God doesn't want me to exercise control on my, over my family. Uh, he wants me to pray to God that somehow the Holy Spirit will exercise control over my family, that I might reach out and so appropriate the love of God towards them, so learned by that nature of Christ to nourish and cherish them, that they will reverence me, not that they're reverencing me, but they will reverence me, but they will reverence the love of God that flows from me to them. God has established a way for us, a way uh, that He wants us to to walk. Uh, he's established uh, this way that sometimes uh, we might not be happy with. Uh, this is a that in Romans chapter eight here and. Verse 20, he's talking about the creature, the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, by reason who am subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption under the glorious liberty of the children of God. And there is a process God has made us weak uh, so that He can be strong in us. He has created us uh, not to despise the process that He's putting us through, but to honor the process, to honor the fact that He's changing us from weakness and, and faultiness uh, into holiness and to be without spot or wrinkle. God does not want you to uh, to dwell on on your faults. Uh, if you if you dwell on your faults, if you dwell on who you are in the natural, then then you you honor unbelief, but to actually uh, grasp hold of your sonship and grasp hold of your new nature in Christ Jesus and let that be your focus. And you will truly find that as you uh, call unto God and uh, you know that's what's needed, this thing isn't just going to happen automatically. But even as it says in Romans chapter 8 here where we were reading, 
We know that the whole creation, this is 8 and 22, groaneth and traileth in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Christ recognized that. He wasn't seeking learning and seeking to know. But the very fact that he said, I don't do my own works and don't speak my own words, showed that he was not seeking to be or to know, but was seeking to flow and to move with the anointing of God. And... He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And brethren, there is a place for the church to really take upon itself the spirit of intercession, to become as God wanted a house of prayer unto all nations, to allow that intercession to flow upon our hearts and lives, to allow that anointing to break the outer nature and let the light of God and the nature of Christ come forth unto all the earth. God does not want us at any time to set our affections or to be moved by the things of this world. Jesus himself said when he was talking to Pilate, my servants are not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world, otherwise my servants would fight. We cannot allow ourselves to become polarized by the things of this world. We are not, cannot our, allow ourselves to take upon us, uh, to, for our hearts to, to be uh, caught up in the opinions of this world, or with what's going on in this world, or the politics of this world, or the manipulations of this world. But God has called us to separate ourselves and, and it's important for us to realize as the scriptures talk about these things, the scriptures talk about things on a, on a literal and natural basis. But the, the true truth of what God talks about is at a spiritual level. Let me just give you an example here. Jesus in John chapter 4 was speaking to the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. She was talking about the fact that he wasn't supposed to have anything to do with her. And she questioned him about the fact, well, we worship in this mountain, but you Jews worship in Jerusalem. And he replied to her, woman, in verse, uh, just as chapter 4, verse 21, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship what ye know not, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. And at that time... The temple was the center of worship in Jerusalem. The temple was established by God. The pattern of the temple established by God. Jesus said, Neither in Jerusalem nor in this mountain shall you worship. The hour cometh and now is 
when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the fact is that this natural world that we live in, there are structures and forms in this world to allow the spirit to move, but they are only that. That which is true and unmovable is spiritual and is by the spirit. And God is a spirit, and it's his desire for us to reach out and to grasp hold of spiritual things, of the spirit of the kingdom of God, and the rulership of Christ and God in our life, and to let go of, of any allegiance or affiliation to the things of this world. We're not some kind of a hybrid. God is not making hybrids that are somehow functioning in this world and have allegiances to political uh, affiliations or, or uh, the ways of the natural man in this world and are also trying to walk in the Spirit. But God is wanting us to let consider ourselves to be aliens in this world and to reach out for a new city, a heavenly Jerusalem, and to not be involved in the things of this world and to let our spirit and, and our, our nature minister to people the fact we don't have connections to this world, but we're connected to the one who can affect this world. We're connected to the one who can affect this natural body, but we're not, we're not concerned about this natural body. We're concerned about the one who stands in heaven and the one who's given himself and given his blood for us. And, and we stand wanting that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead to dwell in us, to have control over us, to have complete dominion over every part of our life. Because if that will happen, then yes, the Holy Spirit will flow upon our natural bodies and this mortality shall put on immortality. Not because we're looking for immortality, because we're looking for union with the eternal one of the heavens, union with the Son of God, to flow through and flow with and flow by His Spirit, and to have uh, His very life flow off of us to those around us. We can't be half committed. We can't be committed to the things of this world. We need to be separated. We need to be separated from the ways of man. We need to be separated from the administration of men. That somehow the Holy Spirit will administer in us the life and the grace and the compassion and all of those things that are of the nature of Christ. Not only in spiritual things, but in the very things that we do in our life, the, our very family life, our church life, our work. Uh, how we serve in our community, that all will flow together by the Spirit of God and there will be life and peace uh, and understanding and, and, uh, and the wisdom of God flow from our life to all of those around us. That's the calling of the church of God. I just want to turn to Corinthians here, Second Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have received this ministry, we have received mercy. 
We faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, is hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. There is only one calling as Christ in that servanthood. Even at the level of the family, God wants us to relinquish any idea that we need to establish our authority. I'm not talking about discipline in the home. I'm talking about establishing your headship by force or, or by words, but establishing your headship by the very nature of Christ working in your life. These are not platitudes, I believe with all my heart. This is a reality. That God wants to make this a reality in our life. But as long as we cling to the ways of men, as long as we will manipulate and use the psychology of men in our lives and and uh, keep holding on to these allegiances to the ways of men and to the politics of men, God is not free by His Spirit to give us all things. But God wants us to fall upon our knees. I, I think of Joel where it said, Let the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. That was the same as Christ. He was not saying go into the holy place or go into the holiest of all, but get down there with the people and then get on your knees in front of the people like uh, Josiah did and all these kings did when the enemy was arrayed against them. They got down with the promises of God before the people. They gathered the people and their children and they cried out to the Lord, this is the promises, O God, come thou and defeat the enemy. And God moved and did that. Every other king who decided to just go out and meet the enemy in his own strength or decided to send to Egypt for help or send to Assyria for help was defeated and God was not pleased. But those who honored God as the agent of change, as the, the one who was in control of the whole earth and put their hope in Him, He would come and He would move and defeat the enemy. We don't have to look around very far to see that the enemy is arrayed against the church of God, is arrayed against all of mankind to destroy it. And there isn't going to be anything that man can come up with that is going to, going to slow it down or stop it or make any change that it's of any worthwhile. But God is calling a people who will enter into intercession and will call upon the very God of heaven uh, to, to bring His kingdom and bring His righteousness and bring His wisdom and bring His restoration of creation in all of the earth. And we must even as uh, it said in his word, renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. 
Sometimes we don't know they're dishonest because they're just part of the natural man. We don't know that they're manipulations. We don't know we're just using them because we've grown up using them. But there's a new creature that we've been given through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He wants us to learn about that. He wants us to read about that. He wants our opinions to be these opinions. Not the opinions of this world. Not the opinions of religion. There's many things about our Christian life that have nothing, no basis in the Bible but our preference of men. And we need to take a, a hard look at how we live our lives and allow the anointing of God to speak to us about what is truth and what is religion and separate ourselves. When, when God said, come out from among them, he was talking about a deeper separation than just not drinking or smoking or, or, or not uh, uh, using the religious ploys of the, this world and of this religion. He was talking about something that goes deeper than that. All of those things are important. All of those things are important. But there is something that is more important. Just after it was talking here in Hebrews about Jesus Christ and Him not glorifying Himself to be made a high priest, He said, Who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the thing which he suffered. Don't think that we're going to be able to walk into the kingdom of God any other way than Christ walked into the kingdom of God. God has given the earnest of our inheritance through the Spirit, but God is wanting us to appreciate what he's done and what his calling is, and to cry out to him with all our heart and soul even as the Son of God did. And to, to desire with all of our hearts, and it's only our desire that will separate us from, from this nature, when we will call upon God to come and to separate us from this nature, He will come by His Spirit, and He will do that. And when he went on to be talking, he said, Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And be, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. And we've talked a lot about perfection. What is perfection? Well, this word teleos, it's, it's talking about maturity. And when we think of maturity, we think of a person able to do things on their own, Right? When we look for maturity in our children, we look for, for, for children that will stand on their own two feet and please leave home and go get a job and live somewhere else. <laughs> but that's not the maturity of, of the Scripture. That's not the perfectness of Christ. But this perfectness of Christ was actually a complete dependence upon God. Perfect dependence. And that's what it's talking when it said, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, and then end times. How much time do we spend talking about end times? The resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. 
says, leave that, go on into perfection. Now he says, and this we will do if God permit, it's necessary to talk about these things, it's necessary to, to, to remember the old landmarks, it's necessary to talk about these things, but, but where's your vision? Your vision isn't to be where you are. Your vision is, is perfection, dependence. Your vision is the kingdom of God. And let the Holy Spirit flow and take us on from where we are to what God has for us. Complete dependence upon the Holy Spirit. A kingdom is the rulership of a king. And, uh, Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand, but Paul, when he was talking about it, he said, he used a different Greek word, and the word he used was receiving a kingdom, was uh, that this is yours by inheritance, you have this, take hold of it. Receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Grasp hold of this thing that has been given to you. And if you look at the apostles as they walked, they didn't do their own thing. They were under the rulership of God's Holy Spirit. They didn't make decisions. Paul says, oh, I was going to go into Asia, but I was forbade by the Spirit. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to direct them. It wasn't some power that they were using to do what they wanted to do. They were waiting upon God. They were in supplication before God, waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell them what to do and where to go and what to say, even as Jesus Christ had been. He is our standard. He is our pattern. He is our ministry. He is our motivation in everything that we do. And we must separate ourselves uh, from the natural. And we must uh, have the same openness I believe with all my heart that the, the destruction of the of the uh, things of this world of the of the uh, of the uh, the rulership of this world has has nothing to do with a, a kind of a warfare that we understand. But it's as we give ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God and begin to flow in the love of God, for God is love. Uh, uh, that Spirit will begin to embrace these things. Will be in, begin to embrace. Uh, uh, the, the structures and the institutions of this world and they will not be able to stand. They will crumble. Love, the power of God's love, the power of God's inclusiveness will cause these institutions of this world to crumble to nothing because they're built on adversary. They're, 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 they're built upon, upon fault. And when that which is perfect is come, they will not be able to stand. And they will be of absolutely no value. And they will just be turned to dust. That is the stone that is cut out of the mountain without hands. That as we give ourselves to it, it shall flow and it shall grow and it shall grind and it shall destroy not only the nature that we are that puts so much obstacle in our life, but everything in this world that has no value. And the very fire of God, the very fire of the anointing of God shall, dis shall burn it up and it will be like chaff and blown away. And only that which cannot be shaken will, be re will remain. Time's up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Oh, Father, Father. We need to, Father, begin to see with spiritual eyes the calling that you have for us. Father, if we have at any time 
uh, considered ourselves to be not something uh, or uh, in any way desired that people should recognize uh, us or recognize our calling. Father, we repent of that today. Father, come thou by the, your spirit. Uh, come into our very homes, Father, and uh, cause our hearts to flow, cause us as fathers to cry out uh, that somehow the anointing and nature of Christ uh, will minister from us to our children and our wives, uh, that we might nurture and cherish them even as uh, the Lord does the church. Oh, Father, help us to give a place uh, and honor and glory to the moving of your Spirit in our midst, uh, that in a way that we have never seen before, your anointing might take control of us uh, and control of our walk and control of our worship. Uh, and, Father, that you only will be glorified, uh, that we will humble ourselves. Uh, and even as you've been speaking to us and humble ourselves and pray uh, and turn ourselves from the wicked ways of the nature of men and the ways of men, uh, that somehow, Father, you will come and heal the land. You will come and heal the church. Uh, you will come and restore uh, broken families. Uh, that you will restore broken hearts. Uh, you will bind up those that are wounded, Lord. Uh, you will set them on their feet. Uh, they will no more look at the past, uh, but they will look at the glory of the risen Christ uh, and the newness of life you called them to walk in. Father, help us to encourage those around us. Help us to encourage Christians around us. Father, that we might uh, lift up and build up uh, and comfort. Uh, Father, that the very nature of Christ might flow uh, and call, uh, Lord, from all the ends of the earth, those uh, whom you want to walk and flow together in your Holy Spirit who can see the truth. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.